This week we learn about the journey of the Jewish people going down to Mitzrayim so that God could take them out of Mitzrayim. But, you know, you could have left us where we were. What's the point? Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversations for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Here's our host, Menachem Poznanski. Hey, Consciously family, welcome back. Okay, here we go. It's exciting. Okay, so in this week's Parsha, uh, it, we, we, there's a lot of like awesome, like the last few weeks is just chock full of interesting narratives that reflect really powerful ideas that correlate to our lives. So it's really, you know, bracious, schmoes. These are like really great times to really like reflect on those things and really have a sense of the spiritual messaging and principles uh, that are contained in the narratives of the Torah. And this week's, there's one particular episode um, that we wanted to talk about today, which was Yaakov Avinu um, on his way down to Mitzrayim. He's already now found out that Yosef is alive. Uh, Yosef reveals himself to the brothers. The brothers come to Yaakov, introduce him to the to the idea that Yosef's alive. Yaakov kind of comes to terms or comes to the reality of that. And um, now he heads down to Egypt, Yosef invites him to come down to Egypt because there's a famine and, and Yosef can take care of them. And God appears to Yaakov for the first time in 22 years and basically says, go, like go down there and, you know, I'm coming with you. So there's a beautiful frame there that really orients to our lives because it really gives us the opportunity to observe the mindset, how Yaakov Avinu, our forefather Jacob, Yisrael, descends into Gullus. You know, though usually we don't have the awareness that we're headed into a struggle, which is what Gullus represents, like Gullus on a interior, personal level, um, represents the, the process of someone being in a struggle, right? And usually we don't go in with mindfulness and intention, but at the very least how Yaakov goes into Gullus might inform our attitude once we find ourselves in the grips of a difficult time. It's very common for people to kind of wake up and realize, whoa, I think I may be a bit depressed. And it seems like, without being aware of it, I've been that way for quite some time. So now, what is the? how does someone now face that? What do they do? And who better to look at than... Yaakov. So, but before we get there, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast. I want to invite you to give stars and reviews, and most of all, share us with your friends. Um, also, check us out on um, our website, thelightrevealed.org, and if you use social media, you can check us out at The Light Revealed on Instagram and Facebook. And we also have a broadcast list you can join. That's uh, You can find direction to that in the episode description where we post all sorts of things, and you can see our other podcasts. Joey Rosenfeld has a, Joey Rosenfeld has a beautiful podcast, weekly podcast, and uh, does a weekly write-up related to spiritual themes of recovery and the Torah. Um, my friend Ben Shannon also does something related to recovery and Torah. And then my good friends Shmaya and Morty uh, do a podcast called Unconsciously, where they give young people the opportunity to share spiritual messaging. It's really great stuff. And then all sorts of other stuff that Zoe puts out that are really beautiful. Okay. Uh, And share us with your friends. 
Okay, so this whole idea, right, of kind of facing challenges well kind of really orients us back to something we've talked about before, which is the teaching of Baki Beritzua, Baki Beshov, um, of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, and his primary scribe and student, Rabbi Nassan Nimerov, Rabbi Nassan of Breslov. So, which is nice because I'm hopefully going to put this out today on Thursday and it's going to come out on Friday. For those of you listening on time, it's the Yurid side of Rabbi Nassan of Breslov. And actually the, the, the Torah, the idea of Baki Beritsua, Baki Beshov, where Rabbi Nachman talks about being an expert at running and an expert at returning, an expert at facing times where everything is vibing spiritual, spiritually, and, a, and an expert at facing those times when spirituality is not coming as like clearly... As we mentioned in the podcast, is the first Torah that Rabbi Nassim heard from Rabbi Nachman, and, or at the very least, the way that it's taught very explicitly that Rabbi Nachman acquired the neshama. He took on Rabbi Nassim as a student, as a primary student, with the Torah, Torah Vav, in Lukut Haran, which, if you're a listener of the podcast, you know, I'm rather enamored with. So, what does Bucky Beshov mean? Right. So, as we said, it means like trying to figure out how we can become expert at facing times of down. How can we leverage tough times instead of being a time of, of ruin into being a time of growth? How can we transform a time of katnas, of smallness, of, of small-mindedness into a time of godless, into a time of, of expansive-mindedness? What is the attitude that we need and how can we try to leverage these times for our own development? So there's a Pasuk in this week's Parsha that describes specifically God's message to Yaakov before he leads, leaves the Holy Land for Mitzrayim. And the Pasuk says, Anochi ereid imcha, I will go down with you, Mitzrayim, to Mitzrayim, va'anochi a'alcha gam Allah, and I will also go up with you. So there's a couple questions that emerge from this Pasuk, but let's start with this one. The question that, that is posed by the Rebbe, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak of Berditchev, the Holy Kedushas Levi, he says, why does the Torah use the double double language of Anochi? It says, Anochi Eireid Imcha, I will go down with you to Mitzrayim, Ve'anochi A'alcha Gam Allah, and I will also ascend with you. So why does it use that language, Anochi? It could have just said, Anochi Eireid Imcha Mitzrayim Ve'a'alcha Gam Allah, and I'll also go up with you. It says, Anochi twice. What's the implication of that? And Rav Levi Yitzchak explains that the reason for the double language reveals that Hashem is hinting to Yaakov Avinu to be mindful that the purpose of his descent into Egypt was to facilitate a different Anochi, meaning it's putting a, a an exclamation point on the word Anochi because of the significance of Anochi. Now, what's the other Anochi, the most famous Anochi? Of course, that's the Anochi, Hashem Elokecha, which is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments. I am Hashem, your Lord, that took you out of the land of Egypt. So God is inviting Yaakov to an awareness that the reason why you're going down to Mitzrayim is in order to facilitate, to bring about, to to be the first step towards the Anochi, which contains, we know, the Aleph of Anochi, Chazal teach us, the rabbis teach us, contains the entirety of the spirituality of Torah, everything, all the good in the world that has emerged from the Torah is contained within that one word of Anochi. It says everything you need to know about Judaism. So so Hashem is reminding Yaakov Avinu to realize that even though it seems like you're beginning a descent, this is actually the beginning of the greatest ascent. This actually correlates, if you're listening to this on time, to the 10th 
of Teves, which is tomorrow, which is the, the, is the first series of fasts that we do related to the destruction of the temple. And uh, in the, the universe of Panemius Torah, I think I mentioned last week, the, the tent, oh no, I mentioned on my um, Practically a Fabrangan, we did a Hey Teves uh, specialty episode that's really worthwhile to check out, um, that, that Asar Batavis, the 10th of Tevis, is actually the beginning of Geula, because the beginning of the descent is really the beginning of the ascent that will occur after it. So Rabbi, Rabbi Levi Bardichev, the Holy Kedushas Levi, says basically this same, he brings out this same idea, that uh, God is reminding Yaakov, even though you're going down into Egypt, no, Anochi Ered Imcha, I'm going to go with you, and I will also ascend with you, Anochi, all of this is part of, this is all part of a of a, of a tapestry, of a journey towards the Anochi of Maimed Har Sinai, of, the, of receiving the Torah at uh, Mount Sinai. So in order to really try to tease out the idea a little more, let's try to understand what the Anochi of Matan Torah means. Okay, so we know that it's obviously very significant, which we'll talk about more in a moment, but what, what is the significance of the Anochi of, 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 um, of the Matan Torah, of the receiving of the Torah, that God is reminding Yaakov in terms of his attitude as he goes down to Egypt, and then, and then after that, how does that relate to our lives. So there's a beautiful, beautiful uh, idea by, that's put forward by the Rebbe of Shamshim Rav Hirsch. Rav Hirsch says a remarkable thing. So he asks a question. Why, his question is, why is the first commandment Anochi Hashem Elokecha, when in fact, if God wanted to state his divinity, right, meaning say, I am God, he would say, the proper way to do it would be to say, Ani, as Ani is an acknowledgement of self, Whereas Anochi is more of an expression of my inner conviction. It's something that comes from my insides. So saying Anochi Hashem Elokecha kind of implies like this is really important to me as opposed to like if it's just a statement of fact, if it's just like a, an acknowledgement of a reality, Ani Hashem Elokecha, Asher Zichem Eretzayim, I am Hashem your God that took you out of the land of Egypt, the proper grammar in Hebrew would be Ani. So Rav Hirsch asks on that, right, an additional question, right, which very much correlates. If the purpose of the first commandment is Ani Hashem Elokecha, I might have said this idea on the podcast because it's definitely something that's been in my mind, but I'm not, I'm not sure. But if, So if you heard already, this will be an annoying review, but if you haven't, hopefully it'll be nice and maybe you'll even tease out something new from it. So if Hirsch further asks, if the purpose of the first of the Aserah Sedibras, the first of the Ten Commandments, is just to make a statement of fact, Ani Hashem Elokecha, I am Hashem your God, that took you out of the land of Egypt, what is the first commandment in the first place? Right? Which all the commentators ask. It would seem as though the first commandment is more than anything a prefacing statement more than a command. In fact, many of the major Rishonim, many of the major commentators learn from that, that Amuna, belief in God, the first commandment, is not actually a mitzvah within the 613 core commandments, though it's surely a good thing to do, because God can't command you to believe in him, right? Many of the commentators ask that. How could you count, right? Just to like think about this a little bit. How could you count belief in God as a commandment? God has to be the one commanding you. So you can only be commanded by God once you believe in God. So God can't command you to believe in him because you already do, right? Either he is or he isn't. And either you believe 
or you don't. So what is the first Dibra saying? What is the Ten Commandment? What's the commandment? So Panemius HaTorah teaches us that the word Anochi, Aleph, Nun, Chaf, and Yud, is actually an acronym for Ana, Nafshi, Ksivis, Yehavis. Right? Ana, Nafshi, Ksivis, Yehavis, which is, I wrote my soul into it. The word Anochi actually reveals that spirituality, a relationship with God, studying and practicing the precepts and principles of Torah is a journey toward encountering God himself. As they say, spirituality, faith, is an inside job. So Rav Hirsch explains, connected to this very much so, though I'm drawing two ideas together, right, that the implication of the Anochi, of the first word of the first commandment, is in fact a commandment and is the foundation of the entire um, system of Jewish faith. Every person, Rav Hirsch explains, has an intuitive inner awareness of their creator. Deep down within them, there is a place of connection with our higher power. At the same time, we encounter the creator through the wonders of nature around us, right? through noticing beautiful things in nature, through the tapestry and observation of our own experience, or through the observation of the tapestry of our own experience, and also through the spiritual teachings of the Torah. Now, Rav Hirsch explains that it's a very human thing to kind of create a dichotomy between our inner awareness of our higher power, the great reality that lies deep down within, and the creator and divine that we serve in shul, or whose word we study and strive to live by. We, so to speak, have one God in our hearts and a different God in shul. We have one creator we encounter when basking in the grandeur of a priceless and exquisite sunset, and yet another that we encounter in the fervor of religious practice. Rav Hirsch validates that this is quite natural. It's normal to kind of misassociate these two as separate. One part of our relationship with God we leave simple and intimate, and the other we ascribe the complexity of a loving yet reverent relationship, something we fear and are also drawn to. Rav Hirsch explains that the uniqueness of Judaism is that its foundation is to break through the barrier of this dichotomy, to connect within our own consciousness to our personal higher power that we experience within to the divine king we serve in our thoughts, speech, and action, to face the complexity that the harshness of light emerges from the same source as the comforting glow that we feel in our most intimate encounters with the grandeur of God and the universe. We have to, the whole idea of Judaism is to orient ourselves to the awareness that they are one, that they're one and the same. This, Rav Hirsch explains and holds, is actually the first mitzvah, the foundation of the mitzvah of Amuna. that's what Amuna means, and the foundation of a Jewish spirituality. So now, what does this have to do with Yaakov going down into Egypt, and what is God communicating to Yaakov as he begins his descent, and how does this inform our own attitude about the challenge about challenges when we find ourselves in darkness? So for that, let's go back to Rebbe of Bardichev. Rebbe points out another nuance in the language of the passage that connects all of these things together. So again, the Pasuk says, Anochi ereid imcha, I will go down with you to Egypt. Va'anochi a'alcha gam Allah. Allah. 
right? I will go down with you to Egypt and I will ascend with you as well. I will ascend. The question that emerges is the language, it could have, it could have said something very different. It could have said, when you ascend, I will, when you descend, I will descend with you. And when you ascend, I will ascend, I will also, right? But instead it said, when you ascend, Anochi will, when you descend, Anochi will descend. And when you ascend, Anochi will also descend. Why the extra word of Aleh? Meaning it could have said, the puzzle could have said, Anochi, just to, to tease it out. Anochi ereid imcha Mitzrayim. I am going down to, to Mitzrayim. Aocha, oh, and I will also go up with you. Right? But the Pasuk doesn't say that. It says, Anochi ereid imcha Mitzrayim. Ve'anochi aocha gam Allah. And I will also ascend. I will ascend. It says, it says the, 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 the ascension, right? That language, even though grammatically it makes sense in Hebrew, but the way that the Hebrew teases it out, it says ascend, ascend. It uses that language twice. So the Bartitrefer explains that God is alluding to the purposefulness of Yaakov's descent. That in descending into the reality of life, the darkness of separation, Yaakov was preparing for the ascent that would occur not just for for Yaakov, but for, for, for God as well, so to speak. Now, why? Right Here's the question. If Yaakov Avinu is descending in order to do to ascend. Why ascend and then descend? If I'm just going to ascend later, I'm sorry. Why descend and then ascend? Why not? Why not just stay in the ascent in the first place? What value is there in that? What's the point of that process? So the answer that the Bartitrever explains that reflects a like a fundamental idea in Judaism and specifically exclamated in Primius Torah in Hasidus, is that because God's Shechina, because God's presence is in darkness as well, when we face challenges of life with grace, we don't only overcome darkness, but rather we reveal the meaning and purpose, the light of God that is there as well. We elevate the entirety of the, rever- of the world. We reveal that the domain of God is not only in shul, in learning, or in active mitzvos. We reveal that the domain of God is deep down within our very consciousness and soul, and therefore in every action and movement we take. Life is not about finding moments of spirituality. Life is spiritual. When we take this attitude, then the thoughts, then our thoughts and attitudes about challenges that we, we encounter, that we wake up to, very much can shift and change. We can look at what's going on differently. We can remember that this darkness has purpose and that by and that it's not that it's a, a purpose, it's, it's not a just a means to an end, but rather that by walking through it, by facing and growing from it, I will reveal the purpose, the light and meaning of all reality, not just the sublime highs, but also the, the challenging lows. I, I can reveal, I have the privilege and opportunity to reveal that challenges are really opportunities for growth and development and that God, my higher power that I feel in the deep depths of my heart, is not something reserved for the sanctuaries of my, life, of my worship, but for all of my life. Every single part is an expression of my spiritual journey. Every single movement of my life becomes an expression of the very first commandment, the foundation of a Jewish spiritual light, a true and real faith.
And that's what God is saying to Yaakov. Anochi, anochi, a'ocha, a'Allah. I will, I will descend with you, and therefore when you ascend, I will also ascend, because I'm in Mitzrayim. The spirituality is not only contained in Eretz Yisrael. The spirituality is in Mitzrayim through the journey that you're going to go to Mitzrayim, which is going to take you to the to the heights of the the Jewish spiritual experience, which is Har Sinai, where God will say to the Jewish people, "Anochi Hashem Yisrael." The higher power that you feel inside of you is also expressed. Is the same. God, the same higher power that you encounter in your areas of worship, that, that the essence of spirituality, all of this is an, uh, is an integrated message that Judaism, that the spirituality of Judaism is a, a life of spirituality, a spiritual life, not just a life that's filled with spiritual activity, but rather a life that's lived spiritually from start to finish. And that, that process can't be revealed when things are good, it's most acutely revealed when things are not going as well, when we're trying to reveal the darkness, reveal the light in the darkness. Meaning, when you, when you reveal that God is present with you in your challenges at work, it reveals God's presence in the world more acutely than when you reveal God having a powerful spiritual experience right at the end of Yom Kippur. That's the not to dismiss the value of those of those powerful spiritual moments, but the the whole nature of the underlying principle that Judaism is trying to bring us is not to minimize. This is what Rabbi Nachman of Breslov is trying to teach, what he's telling to Rabbi Nassim, and now has come down to us. Who, without Rabbi Nachman, said very explicitly, we would not have any of these things. The Baki Beshov is the realization and the development of expertise of leveraging those times that are more challenging because it is at those times that we can reveal the highest high. It is in those spaces when we can reveal the deep desire of God to have a dira b'tachtonim, tachtonim she'en tachtonim imeno, like the lowest low that you could imagine, which isn't a low, but it's that lowest space where it seems like God is not there is actually the place that he is the most because he's most present inside of your heart. Have a great week. Thank you for joining the Consciously family. Consciously is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Consciously is made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family in memory of Tzipora Bas Ravaram. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org. Feel free to email us at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tehilo Nassanian. The assistant to the regional co-host is Shmaya Hanekman, and our music is by Eitan Katz featuring Zusha. Thank you for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed ways.